0: So good morning listeners and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM which is a Common Sea Inspirations production being produced here at our Common Sea studio here in Ada, County Limerick and this the 5th of July, it's the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time My name is John Keeley and happy to present the programme this morning my good friend Shane Ambrose Good morning to you Shane
1: Good morning John, how are we keeping? We're
0: good, good, even though it's halfway through the year already, it's flying it isn't it?
1: I know, it's the first
0: weekend in July. Where is it going? I had to double look again and see what it was. But anyway, thanks a lot, to Shane, for joining me. And I'm going to welcome uh, into the programme this morning um, someone who we hope we'll be able to touch base with a bit more often, Katie Ascoff from Dublin, and she's got her own little resource, some information she's going to share with us in part two. Good morning to you, Katie.
2: Good morning, John. How are you?
0: We're good. Thanks a lot for joining us, Katie.
2: Good.
0: So good in this for first, me. in this first part of the programme, we... Especially welcome those of our listeners who are housebound, those who are lonely and struggling in some way today. We know lots of people are struggling these days, uh, looking for some hope, and we hope we'll bring it up this morning. Whether be true, what we'll share, we share with you in, in terms of Katie's information with us, share, Katie's resources, it might be something we hear, you hear us speaking about in the Gospel, or some music, whatever it is. Thanks a lot for joining us. We'll keep you in prayer, and please continue to keep us in prayer. Our programme is broadcast in West Limit 102 FM at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. And the podcasts of Sacred Space 102, some of which go back many years at this stage, are available on our Come and See Inspirations podcast page. That's available for playback and download at Come and See Inspirations. Really, if you Google Come and See Inspirations, you'll find us there. We're also available to be heard on Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcasts and other platforms. Now, again, just to advise listeners, because of the COVID-19 restrictions, um, Mass attendance, of course, it's pretty hard to get these days, and I know things are opening up slightly, but there's still many of our listeners who won't be able to attend Mass for, for the next few weeks. So we're grateful again to Father Tony Mullins, uh, parish priest of Abbeyfield Parish here in West Leibniz, um, for allowing us to share the Mass with them at the 10am Mass via the webcam. So we'll, we're tuning in again this Sunday and again for the for the, for the next few weeks in July, to bring uh, Mass to our listeners who can't avail of it either in person or indeed can't really get online. They don't have any access online. So you're very welcome again, and thanks thanks be of God for that, and thanks again for Tony for the Tony Mullins. If you want to text us, and we do like text, um, the text number is 087 Six zero eight eight six six seven. that's or I can email us at come and see inspirations at gmail.com. Of course, when you do contact us we'd like to know maybe your choice of music, maybe a faith topic you'd like to speak about at some particular stage, or any other bits of news. Again, our text number, oh eight seven six zero eight eight six six seven. Now, Shane is going to share with us, as usual, the Saints for the week. These are the people who are going to accompany us during the week, Shane.
1: Yeah, John, just before I bounce into that, I suppose just a couple of things just to bring to people's attentions. Um, people may may or may not be aware, um, obviously this year because of the COVID restrictions, for the first time in about 200 years, there's okay. actually going to be no um, pilgrimages at Loch Durg. Um, so the three-day pilgrimages have been cancelled um, because of the COVID restrictions. Now, at the same time, the prior of the island, um, prior, uh, Monsignor Laughlin, uh, he's the prior of Dirk, he's on the island so that the tradition of somebody being to the island and to do the pilgrimage is not going to be broken. Um, but if people, you know, a lot of people in West Limerick, they used to, would go up, um, the buses would run up from Abbey Field uh, for, the, for the for a couple of times over the summer, but for anyone that would like to participate, keep an eye on the Lockdurg website because they are doing online pilgrimages, and they can be one day or they can be spread over three days. So just to keep an eye out on it uh, on 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 the Lockdurg site on the Lock Derg site. Uh, sad news. Sad news. Of course, during the week, John, there was the death of the brother of uh, Pope Benedict Emeritus, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, uh, his brother George, who died in, um, in Germany, and um, you know, he was his older brother. And it's an interesting one. They were very close as a family. There was the two brothers and the sister Maria as well. She died a number of years ago. She used to maintain his household for him. And the two of them were actually ordained priests on the same day. After the Second World War, when they finished their training together as as for, for in the seminary, and um, so it's just I suppose it's sad because I suppose people would have seen the images. Oh, he he flew back to Germany. It was a week and a half ago, just to be just to say his goodbyes. And it's always difficult at this time when things like that happen for 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 family and distances in between. Now, in in terms of uh, celestial guides for this week, okay, so. We're in the 14th week of Ordinary Time. So today, as John said, the start of the program is the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time. For those of us that are praying the Psalter, we're on week two. So, uh, in terms of saints this week, John, it's pretty much all taken from the Irish calendar. There's very few actually taken from the general, the universal calendar this week. So, Monday, we have St. Munin of Killevi, I think is how it's pronounced, uh, one of Ireland's early Irish saints. I have to be honest, I had never heard of the woman. Um, After instruction on the religious life, she founded a community um, in County Armagh, near Slieve. Gillen, I think it's how it's pronounced. They lived an eremitical life based on that of Elijah and Saint John the Baptist, and she died around 518. Then on the seventh, the so Tuesday, the seventh of July, we have the feast day of Saint Mulruin. Uh, he's a bishop in and abbot, and was known as founding a monastery near Talla in Dublin uh, in 774. Um, It was an important centre for liturgy and spiritual writings and is known as the Cayley Day Reform, which is important because it was one of the key reforms in the early Irish Celtic Church. Then on Wednesday, the 8th of uh, July, we have the feast day of St. Killian, associated with the Diocese of Kylemore. Um, which I think if I'm not mistaken got a new bishop during the week I'll just double check that uh, so St. Saint, Saint uh he with 11 companions he left Ireland became known and they became known as the Apostles of Thuringia and Eastern Franconia which as far as I'm aware is Germany and he was put to death in 689 and there's a strong devotion to him in Wurzburg where his remains lie and throughout Bavaria in general then on Thursday we have the feast day of the Vietnamese sorry, I'm at, um, no, it's, no, sorry, Chinese martyrs, St. Augustine, Zerong and Companions, who died during the Boxer Uprising in China in 1815. Then on Friday the 10th, we have the feast day of, I had to go searching for this one, it was kind of hard to find someone on the calendar, John, so Apollonius of Sardis, I I went far afield, I went as far as Iconium, which is in which is in Turkey. <laughs> so he was a fourth century evangelist who brought many to the faith, scourged and executed by the prefect, and he's regarded as a martyr. And then on Saturday, we have, the course of course, one of the fe- big feast days in the month of July. It is the feast day, of course, of St. Benedict's. Uh, the man that set up the rule that is the basis of the Benedictine order, which bears his name. He's an abbot and, of course, he's also patron, one of the patrons of Europe. Famous, of course, for living as a hermit at Sabaccio, founded the Monastery of Monte Cassino, and his rule is observed by Benedictines and Cistercians right down to the present day, as listeners to the programme will know, of course, because we regularly have people on from Glenstall Abbey. So that's what we have, John, in terms of the... uh, Kind of the, the 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 saints of the week for this week, of course. I just gone back to that appointment, of course, of the new bishop in Kilmore, and I, I just trying to pull up the man's name because I've forgotten it. Because there's a Limerick connection. Martin, Father Martin Hayes, he's been appointed. He's the new Bishop of Kilmore. Kilmore is up around the Cavan side. Now, there's a Limerick connection, and more particularly, there's a Mointree Issa connection, which I thought was very appropriate because he's actually mentioned it. He mentioned it. It's mentioned in his biographical note. That's up on the on the bishops on the website of the Conference of Bishops. But he also mentioned it as part of his address to the congregation at the mass when the news was made. When the news was made, and as people will know, of course, Mointree Issa is the the, the youth ministry vehicle in the Diocese of Limerick, which has been going for over 40 years. And this man was involved in it back in the early 80s. So and as, as best of luck to him in, as he takes up his appointment up in the Diocese of Kilmore. He's originally from uh, Tipperary, actually, just to answer that question.
0: And uh, I must say, Shane, I like the Pope's intention for July They would pray for today's families that we may be accompanied with love, respect, and guidance. I think it's something we all need these days, you know, as families, especially as some of us can't get in touch with each other as much as we'd like to. So, now to continue on, we would, at this particular stage, always pray a spiritual communion prayer. And this is for those who, of course, most of our listeners couldn't get to Mass when most of us could get to Mass because they were sick or ill or housebound. Uh, But now there's a lot more of us. that can't get to Mass these days. But the best way to receive Jesus, of course, is in Holy Communion at Mass. Yet for those times, you can't get Mass. You can still reach out to him by making a Spirit of Communion prayer. And this is the prayer we pray each Sunday. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you, Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now it's time to go for our first bit of music this morning. I haven't played this one for some time. It's, uh, it's An Eagle's Wings by the Vast Sisters. So come back and join us in part two, where Katie Askov will let us know a little bit more about a uh, new spiritual resource she got available online. So join us again in part two.
3: nor the arrow that flies by
0: So welcome back again to the second part of of Sacred Space. Uh, My name is John Keeley, Uh, still joined by Shane Ambrose on the other end of the Skype line. And as I mentioned in part two, a delight for us uh, to welcome onto the programme this morning Katie Ascoff. And Katie has, along with her fiancé, set up a Catholic resource online recently entitled Call to More. Well, Katie, how are you? Welcome to Common Sea Inspirations, or welcome to Sacred Space, should I say. How are you?
2: Thank you, very
0: well. Thanks, John. Thanks a lot for coming on. Katie, before you tell us a bit more about Call um, to More, maybe you share a little bit about your own faith journey with us, you know, any special moments. and.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, so I grew up a Credo-Catholic, And um, I actually learned recently about some of our family history. So my dad's side going back, there would have been at least two people in England who lost their possessions for being Catholic. And we have a martyr in the family, Father Tom Cusack, who was a Columban missionary. Um, he was actually executed by the communist forces during the Korean War. So we have a wonderful history in my family of being Catholic, but I think for anyone who's been raised Catholic, there always comes a time in your life when you have to decide to make your faith your own. You're not just going to mass those those parents bribe you or tell you to or anything like that. And for me, that happened around 14 years of age. I remember going to my first Youth 2000 festival. It was a a summer retreat that they were holding in Clamac Noyce. And I got my best friend to go with me by telling her it was like a Catholic music festival, which <laughs> wasn't quite exactly that, but it was oh, pretty well. close. <clears throat> so that was the first time that I saw a lot of other people my own age who really had their faith and understood what it meant to be Catholic. And I remember just seeing these priests give these incredible talks. Like I didn't know priests could be so funny and relatable. Yeah, I just hadn't we- had that experience yet. So that for me was. Kind of a human experience of coming into my faith. It it obviously took a lot longer to get deeper on a spiritual level. But throughout my teen years and my early 20s, I've just grown in my relationship with God. Um, One point when my my faith became really important to me was when I was elected president of UCD Students' Union and subsequently impeached from that position. That was a very difficult time. And I remember just turning to God um, and really just praying every day. And then last year, I was a missionary with FOCUS, so Fellowship of Catholic University Students out in Oklahoma. They actually have a team at UCD in Ireland as well doing amazing work. And that year for me last year was just so crucial in like learning more about my faith we did holy hours every day we were teaching students of faith on campus so it's been a journey it's been a journey but a great one
0: and I suppose the great adventure of that is that you weren't on the journey by yourself no you were accompanied with Not an alone. awful lot more more people which is great because an awful lot of people trying to live their faith sometimes can be struggling because they're maybe trying to find somebody who would have the same sort of likeness and the same um, move towards certain things and but thanks but God for you, you moved on, and of course, so your experience of living out your faith in today's culture, especially at college and that sort of stuff, how, how did that work out?
2: Yeah, I mean, if I were to sum it up in a nutshell, I would say it was hard, but worth it, and I also found that community is so, so important, having a good Catholic community, even just a few friends, just people to keep you on track and to... I guess, just make make the walk a little easier. And I noticed that it really did depend for me and my friends who we hung out with as to how strong, I guess, our faith would be at that time. So I think there was definitely a time in college where I didn't hang out with my Catholic friends as much and it was easy to get sucked into the world. But when I had, you know, groups of friends who both had faith and then groups of friends who didn't have faith, that was when i was much more balanced and and something else that i've noticed just kind of being a young catholic in ireland today is that our faith is actually more important than it's ever been in, in a certain sense i mean because there are yeah okay there are less people who are catholic than there were you know a couple of years ago in ireland but it actually it's a responsibility that we have that the people who are catholic now that we do have faith we have a responsibility to share it and that's exciting that is like that is a um, something we have to live up to, I guess, but it's a mission, and it, it gives us a sense of purpose that we can't ignore. so I just feel that very, very strongly
0: and for that you need you know you need support, you know you need grace, you need support, and you know that you need prayer as well, because again, trying to go out there by yourself and trying to do that without that being a support it wouldn't be so easy so it come around to uh this idea about launching some sort of a resource which you did. So, in more recent times, you've you've had this idea about launching this call to more. Tell us a bit more about that, please.
2: Yeah, so myself and my fiancé, we launched this actually on on Ash Wednesday of this year, so February 26th, but it's something we've been kind of working on for the past year and a half. And my fiance and I, we met during uh, the like the lead up to the referendum on abortion. So we actually were put on the same campaign, uh, pro-life campaign together. So we have very complementary skill sets. He's a marketing consultant, I'm a journalist, and we just saw this need in Ireland, especially for an online formation platform. So we've really realized there was a need for something that's free because there is some incredible 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 stuff already out there but a lot of it tends to be behind a paywall so you have to pay a certain amount to view it and we don't think young people especially young people in Ireland will will be likely to do that so we want to make something we wanted to make something free we wanted to make something that was Irish based so we thought it was really important to have Irish accents Irish cultural references even just giving Irish like catholic speakers or priests or nuns a platform that they can really speak from uh, so that we get as much wisdom from them as possible and then also being irish-based we're able to target people with social media advertisement who are in ireland so we think that's really important and we also realized we needed something that's high in quality because the catholic faith i mean it's just so beautiful there's so much depth to it and beauty to it and it really needs to be represented, I think, I think better online. So we really wanted to just do our part for that. So we basically had that idea and we pitched it to a small group of donors and volunteer writers and and speakers. And it just took off from there. Like we've recorded so far with Dr. Scott Hahn, Father Mike Schmitz, Father Columba Jordan from Up in Derry, Father Gavin Jennings from here in Dublin, and loads more. And we've reached over 200,000 people across our social media and website. Um, so it's been incredible. And our aim is to catechise young Catholics in Ireland, so Catholics in and around their 20s and 30s, although the content's online, so it's available available for absolutely everyone. So we're not necessarily trying to evangelise over the internet. We're trying to form those who are already Catholic so that they can know their faith and go deeper into relationship with God and also be equipped and confident to share their faith with others.
0: And, uh, and these people who might be coming to visit your your resource, would you think that they might know something about their faith or, or people who didn't know, who were a bit weak on their faith, just coming to glance, do you think mm-hmm. they get something from it?
2: Yeah, I mean, so it's online content, that's the beauty of it. It's accessible for everyone, so people without faith, people with a very strong faith and anywhere in between can access it and hopefully get a lot from it. But when it comes to marketing, it's very important to have a specific audience in mind. And for us, that would be... Cat, people who are already Catholic, so who have some Catholic faith, but probably have a bit of room to grow and learning more about it, and in going deeper into their relationship with God. So that's kind of the person we have in mind when we're creating the content.
0: And on your website, there you mentioned there um, that our mission is that, that your mission is to help people to know their faith as a way of life and relationship with God. But through the Catholic Church, God is calling each of us to do. And you mentioned. Four to five different um, topics there. Can you go through those? Mm-hmm. I mean, to empowering knowledge, for instance. What, what do you mean by
2: that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's kind of playing on our name, called to more. So we say God is calling us to empowering knowledge. And the point we make here is that knowledge is power. And we, we can say that about any kind of topic. But when it comes to the faith, knowledge of our faith really is the most important kind of knowledge we could have. We're not just talking about knowledge of a sport or of another human person. Knowledge mm. of our faith is something that can actually lead us to our life's purpose, which is to get to heaven and to bring as many people with us as possible. So some reasons that it's really important to know our faith is to strengthen our relationship with God because you can't know you can't really have a good relationship with someone if you don't know them. I kind of like to compare this to, say, a married couple. They're not going to have a very close relationship if they don't know the first thing about the other person. So Mm. if they didn't know what the other person liked to to eat or to do or where they came from or who their family was, that relationship isn't going to be very strong. And it's the same with God. If we don't know Him, it's going to be very hard to have a relationship with Him. So that's just one reason to know our faith. Also to strengthen our own faith in God, to make sure that we're deeply rooted in it. And then Thirdly, we can't share something we ourselves don't have. I think we're kidding ourselves if we think mm. we can just go out and evangelize with absolutely no knowledge. I think it's really important to invest in ourselves so that we can be effective in evangelizing. And then the second thing we say we are called to is to a living relationship. So we make the point that God made us and loves us. Most most of us know that but also he wants to have a relationship with us. And like any relationship, it has to be nurtured. Um, And also, you know, knowledge of someone should lead to us wanting uh, to be closer to them. And God is this perfect being, right? So it's not just like any other imperfect human whereby we get to know them better. Mm, We might not necessarily like them anymore. But with God, he's perfect. So the more we get to know him, the more we'll actually like him and want to be closer to him. So there's that. And then also with Caltimore, we're hoping to help people learn the why behind prayer. Like, why should we pray every single day? And also how. So we're equipping people with knowledge on prayer, knowledge on the sacraments, and like serving others. All these different things that are great ways to grow in our relationship with God. And then our third thing, these are our our three main kind of pillars Mm -hmm. with Mm Caltimore is God is calling us to an outward mission. So we say that the joy of relationship with God isn't something to keep to ourselves and also we first have to know our faith and have a relationship then we can share that with others. But we think it's really important to have the mentality not kind of the Irish mentality we sometimes have of, you know, keeping to yourself or hmm. not not being too out there. I think when it comes to our faith, Jesus actually told us to go out and make disciples of all, nations. He get, of all nations. He gave us the Great Commission for a purpose, not to ignore it, but to do it. And I think if we do that more, if we share our faith more, first of all, be equipped to know it and to have a relationship with God and then go and share it. And I think that will start to stop the trend that I've noticed, at least, of people leaving their faith for the really, really tragic reason that is they don't understand it. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people, especially in Ireland, leave the faith, not because of what it is, but because of what they misunderstand it to be. So if we're ready to have conversations with those people, those those moments where people ask us a question or there's a moment for a conversation, those can be transformed from what can sometimes be lost opportunities to real moments of encounter. So that's what we're hoping to, to promote.
1: Katie, if I can just ask a question there... Um... Just, just in relation to those those three pillars, um, I suppose the first thing I suppose that, that would strike me is, you know, when you talk about learning and understanding the faith, I, I would agree with you, definitely, that particularly in Ireland we have a challenge where we have had very poor catechesis, particularly in young people through school systems, and uh, where many people don't know the fundamentals. But... Is there a risk, perhaps, you know, like this is something that Archbishop Jermot Martin has picked up on, that we're in danger of bec- of creating almost a middle-class church, you know, because, you know, some people, depending on the socioeconomic circumstances and the educational opportunities, they, develop, they may not be able to engage with things like that, that we learn about the faith. So I'm just wondering, you know, how, mm-hmm. how it, it, like, how do you take that into account in terms of the resources that you're providing?
2: Yeah. A great point, and that's one of the reasons we're so intent on keeping this platform free to access, because as I mentioned, a lot of other platforms, although they're doing great work and totally, totally support them. A lot of a lot of kind of content coming from the US, especially oftentimes there is a paywall to either all of the content or some of the content. And we're keeping ours absolutely free. I mean, obviously, the minimum requirement to access our content is that you would need internet access. But that really is the lowest level that um, you can access it on. Um, And I mean, faith formation, we believe should be free. So if you're going to form yourself any other way, I mean, there's books, those cost money. Um, You know, there's DVDs, all these different things that cost money. But this is all you need is access to the Internet. And it's absolutely free after that.
1: And in terms of the pillar uh, about, you you know, as you said, encouraging that relationship, that personal encounter with Christ, I suppose it's very much echoing. Uh, that great address that Pope Benedict XVI, of course, gave, uh, where he challenged people to have that personal relationship. I suppose, obviously, when we're talking about that in a faith context, as you said, it's in the area of prayer. So I suppose if people were curious to know what... What types of uh, ways of prayer are you know are, 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 are kind of are you supporting people with? Because I suppose going back to that great saint, um, uh, John John Henry Newman, the encounter with the divine is very much you know heart speaking to heart. It's two friends talking to each other. So like any two friends, the con- can be very different. So I suppose, um, what what ways, what, what types of prayer are you encouraging people with in terms of taking account of that difference that people have of trying to encounter the divine in their lives?
2: Mm, absolutely. I mean, we're about to launch a massive um, topic on prayer. So we're really looking forward to rolling out that content. We also recently had an interview with Father Mike Schmidt who is one of the best known Catholic speakers in the world today. And we were just delighted to be able to talk to him. And our topic was actually all on how to improve your prayer life. And he spoke so, so beautifully on what is contemplative prayer, on how to overcome dryness in prayer, which I think a lot of people deal with. And he he made the point that dryness is actually necessary to grow in our prayer life. And he talked about three ways to grow in faith during a pandemic. And then he also addressed quality versus quantity with prayer, which is a question I've had to answer so many times, not just for myself, but also for others. Um, and he really emphasized how consistency is key. So we've already done that kind of content and we're encouraging people to pray in obviously in any way that they can, but the main message is to be consistent with it. So like my, my personal goal is to have at least 20 minutes of prayer every day. That's what my spiritual director is very clear on. So we just try to communicate with people the importance of prayer and then the practicalities of how to actually fit that into a very busy schedule with which most people have and then also during this time of pandemic we've had an article on uh, i think it was five ways to pray at home during pandemic so just offering people encouragement in their prayer lives and opening up the different possibilities like we've talked about lit- liturgy of the hours we've talked about how mass itself can be a prayer we talk about vocal prayer meditative prayer mental prayer all these different things because there's obviously so many different ways to pray and i think it's quite a personal thing. Some some types of prayer work for some people and and others don't. Um, but the main message is to encourage people to be consistent.
1: I think I'd agree with that one definitely. It's a case of just, you know, stop just talking about it or thinking about it, just do it almost, almost <laughs> to go back with that. Was it the Adidas ad? Was that the one that said it, just do it? But uh, yeah, Nike. Not, <laughs> Nike, that was it, sorry. Yes, I'd be yeah. sued for that. I'm quite sure, but yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> but then, Corrected, um, good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now, actually, the point you made about the outreach, I am curious just to explore that one a little bit more with you, if you don't mind. Um, I would agree with you that there's some great resources online. Uh, On this program in particular, we're big fans of Bishop Robert Barron and the Word on Fire. Uh, We use it sometimes in terms of the programming and stuff. But I suppose one of the things that we often bring up on the program ourselves is that to be Christian is to be in communion and in community. There's an outreach, that whole thing about turning out. So I suppose in terms of the development of the resources that you're going to have, obviously, you know, you're still setting up and you're still getting started and things like that. What kind of practical resources or suggestions in terms of that outreach are you kind of going to be making on on, on the resource page?
2: Yeah, yeah exactly and I think um, you're kind of striking the nail on the head there because with the internet I think the limitation is that you're not going to be in person and in person is where the majority of evangelization takes place so we're trying to make it very clear we're not trying to evangelize over the internet I don't think we're going to argue people online into having faith or believing in faith what we are trying to do is to catechise and form existing Catholics to then go out into the world and have conversations with people. And one thing that we hope to do, we are new. Yes, we're only a couple of months old. But we do have plans down the line to host in-person talks and retreats and trips away so that people can meet and people can invite, you know, people who might not have faith, might be very new to their faith into those um, into those events and and circumstances but as for other tips online i mean it's it's a topic we haven't fully delved into yet we've been focusing on prayer we've been focusing on lent and holy week and there is just so much richness in all of that um but i'm looking forward to getting into the topic of evangelizing and all the practical aspects to we'll go with that very soon
1: and uh, in terms of that outreach uh do you see it purely just from the point of view of evangelization or do you also see it from the more social justice point of view
2: I mean, I think evangelization, I mean, first of all, I think we have to be very clear because you can start an organization and try and fix all the problems in the world at once, or you can have a very clear goal in mind. And our very clear goal is to catechize because we really think that there is a gap in that area, particularly in Ireland. And we think yeah, that's, that's really where we want to focus our efforts. So in catechizing people, we hope the effect will be that they grow in relationship with God and are able to evangelize. Um, as for social justice issues, I mean, it depends on what you're talking about. Pro-life would be one very clear one that we do take a stance on and we do plan to cover. Um, but mostly, first and foremost, we are a catechetical resource.
1: Okay, okay. that's fair enough. Now,
0: Katie, um, within your website now, I see you have a, f- a few headings here to go watch, listen, read, and topics. Can you just go through some of those with us? Like watch
2: now, for yeah, instance. Yeah, sure. So, watch is, watch is a really exciting section because it's the one that we're really developing at the moment. We've started a series, a video series called Colloquy. We actually started it not in response, but kind of because of the pandemic, we weren't able to record our podcast, which we have to do in person with our other co-hosts. So we started this online video series. So it's a series of web chats between myself and different f- leading figures in the Catholic world. So we started, as I said, with Father Mike Schmitz, which was incredible to be able to talk to him. And um, he's got, you know, videos on YouTube that get over a million views. So it was just such so great to talk to such an influential leader in the church today. And he did incredible, an incredible job of talking about prayer, the messages, that came in and the comments were just incredibly moving, actually, some very personal. Uh, we also sp- have spoken with Father Coloma Jordan, who's a CFR based in Derry. He's originally from Dublin. We spoke about how to read the Bible. That was really, really exciting, really good. Uh, we talked to Father Kerry Rakulich, who was my Uh, my chaplain essentially where I was a focused missionary last year in Oklahoma and he spoke beautifully on the fundamental truths about the Eucharist which was really interesting especially because he's grown up and now works at the chaplain in the Bible Belt of America so he has a lot of Protestants that really do quiz him on the Eucharist so it was great to get his perspective on that and then last week we had the privilege of recording with Dr. Scott Hahn so that will be coming out very soon we talked about his latest book Hope to Die Um, and that was really interesting because we talked about topics that don't get huge amount of attention but i think a lot of people are very curious about so we talked about the resurrection of the body and what what our bodies resurrected can do and will be like will look like what we'll do in heaven uh, we talked about the christian meaning of death how the eucharist leads us to eternal life we even talked about cremation which is something that comes up in his book so that's our watch section it's rapidly developing and very very exciting mm-hmm. our podcast is called know your faith it's on spotify youtube apple podcast google podcast pretty much every platform that you can think of uh-huh. um, and it's called know your faith that's with myself and dominic Perham. we had to stop that because of the pandemic but we have two episodes and we're going to be continuing it shortly and i'm actually still getting messages about those two episodes so thankfully they're still able to bless people's lives um, and then we have a read section, which is also very strong. We have an incredible, incredible team of writers, um, about a dozen people. We have Father Connor McDonough, Father Gavin Jennings. These are some names people might know. Dominic Purim, Jared Hanley, um, Marina Lynch, Rachel Sherlock, Ben Conroy, and several others. Um, so we've done kind of some main topics. We've done Lent, and I know Lent is over, but there's still some really good stuff in there about asceticism and fasting, things that we can be doing all year long. We talk about Holy Week and... Easter a lot but it's still messages that are very applicable today Uh, we have a section called hope during pandemic where we have lots of practical tips on things like what to do when you can't go to mass and how to pray at home and we've also talked recently about Pentecost and the Acts of the Apostles
0: I tell you you've been fairly very busy you've only been gone just a few months. I've been
2: working very hard. Just for the the last few
0: months. God bless you. Well done. Um, I I suppose before we go any further, if people wanted to access your website, how how, how would they access it?
2: Yes, so you would go to calledtomore.org. That's our website. And you can find all of our social media from there. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Ctm Catholic. But if you just go to coldTomore.org, you'll find links to everything, our YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, all of that good stuff.
0: Lovely. And I've just got one last question for you. There's a few people who might be listening to our sure. programme who would be struggling with their faith these days. Could be young, could be mm. middle-aged, with all the stuff that's been thrown to them maybe in a, in a few sentences there, uh, what would you like to say to them?
2: Well, if you're struggling with your faith, I first of all would sympathize with you i having grown up Catholic in Ireland, I know it's not always easy, but what I've realized is that when I put my trust in God, that's when my life starts to get a lot better. I become happier. I become less stressed i find peace and joy so i would just invite you to no matter where you're at in your walk with with your faith just to revisit it and to really give it a chance and to pray and if you can talk to a priest try get someone who can spiritually guide you we call them spiritual directors when you set up a meeting with a priest usually every two to four weeks and that can be incredibly helpful because there are ways to pray ways to connect with god that you might not have thought of yet but if you talk to a priest, he can really help you through that.
0: And maybe even dip into More.
2: Exactly. We're Another there for everyone. Talk. We're free to access Irish based cultamore.org.
0: Katie, thanks a lot for joining us. You'll stay with us for, for part three where we read and reflect on the Word of God, please. Before, yes, we'll b- do. Before that, have you got a piece of music you'd like us to play?
2: Well, if you have access to it, my brother has a song. It's called Burnout.
0: We have that. It's Unlike. by Andrew Asco. We have that. We'll play that as we go out in part two. Uh, 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 any particular reason, by the way, he he called that burnout? Just a matter of interest. As...
2: I believe it's because it's about a time when he was in college and he just felt himself burning out physically, just all the work and stress, but also, also his faith was taking a bit of a, a hit, just kind of the... The struggle that can be college. So it's a beautiful story about his struggle, but how he overcomes that.
0: Okay, listen to this. And thanks a lot, Katie, for, for sharing that with us. So we'll, we'll listen to Andrew Oscar for singing Burnout. Join us again in part three, where we'll read and reflect on the word of God. Join us then.
4: Protected by your blood And called as your arm I will find my way home Cure me of the shadows in which I was born And show me what my heart
0: So welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. Thanks again for staying with us. Joined again, of course, on the Skype line by Shane Ambrose. And again, thanks to Katie Ascoff, who shared that wonderful story about Call to More with us in part two. And Katie is joining us for this uh, part of the gospel, most important part of any program we do here, where we read and reflect on the Word of God. Before that, we'll ask Shane to pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane.
1: Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father in union with Mary who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ our Lord.
0: Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So now the Gospel for this week, the fourteenth Sunday in ordinary time, is taken from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter eleven, in verse twenty five to thirty, and we'll invite Katie to read that for us this morning. Thanks, Katie.
2: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus exclaimed, I bless you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for hiding these things from the learned and the clever, and revealing them to mere children. Yes, Father, for that is what it pleased you to do. Everything has been entrusted to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, just as no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are overburdened, and I will give you rest. Shoulder my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Yes, my yoke is easy and my burden light.
0: Thank you for that, Katie. That's the Gospel for today, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 25 to 30. Beautiful Gospel, shine. Would you like to start us off with a reflection, please?
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting one. The Gospels the last couple of weeks from Matthew have very much, I think, you know, almost... Are given us the exact example of the gospel speaking to us in our own time and our own need and kind of speaking to our own particular situation where we stand. You know, and it's the point that we made on the program again and again and again when we look at our lexio and we're talking about reflecting on the scriptures each week that this is not something that was just written 2,000 years ago. This is something which still speaks to us in our circumstances today and in lo- our lives and in our. Experiences, you know, and our encounters with the divine. Um, I think, for me as well, John, th- it's a lovely, f- hope-filled gospel again this week. Um, not always the easiest with Matthew, mind, mind you, but this week's gospel, I suppose, it's it's it. There's two parts. To, there's three parts to it. There's that element where he talks about the relationship between us and him. He talks, then the second part is about his relationship between God the Father and God the Son. And then that third part is that element of that promise of those who labor for, for Christ in, and in the world. And I think for me, the first line, I always, when I, when I hear this gospel, I often, I often think of my, um, my, my small cousins and my nieces and nephews. So I don't know about you, John, but the best theologians in the world are seven-year-olds okay mm-hmm. um, you know I you know, when you dabble when you dabble in formal theology at third level and all the rest of it you know you kind of you, 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 you kind of know a bit about it but if you want to be flummoxed by a question about theology talk to a seven year old because they will ask you a question that will take the wind from out your sails and bring you right back down to earth and for me I always think of that when I hear this section of it's in Matthew's gospel there's also an element of Luke's gospel as well you know Lord of Heaven and for hiding these things from the learned and the clever and revealing them to mere children. And I suppose it's important there, to, there's a couple of things with that. It's also, it's to remind us that those that have a teaching authority within the church not don't necessarily always have the answers that maybe we expect. And it's just to to be cognizant of that fact. And it's something I think that Pope Francis is very aware of, uh, particularly in this pontificate, and the encouragement that he gives to people's own personal devotions. And, you know, he's a very Marian pope. He, you know, he's added, I think it's three or four titles of Our Lady to the the Litany of Loreto, And it's just an example that there is a balance in terms of how we have those encounters in our daily life with God and the divine and how people uh, learn and experience that loving embrace of God. And And sometimes that it's it's a childlike more than a child-ish. Now there's a part, in, and I think an important distinguish a distinction to be made there. Some of the, One of the things that's often thrown at us in terms from a faith perspective, particularly I've noticed in the last couple of weeks when we're talking about the pandemic and people turn around and say, well, if your God was going to do something, he wouldn't have let this happen. And it's like, well, that's a very childish approach to things. And it's that whole thing that's being a person of faith is seen as being infantile, as being, you know, something that's lacking intellectual capacity or whatever the word we want to use for it. But also, I think it's a reminder to us that, yes, there is an element of, you know, it's faith and reason, they go together. But also that whole encounter with God God is one of humility and is one of openness. And the example that's given to us is that of children, because children are always wanting to learn. They are always curious. They're always wanting to explore. They're always wanting to get to know you. And it's that reminder, I think, that comes across for us in this this gospel, where that call is there to be childlike, in our enthusiasm for our encounter with God, childlike in terms of our enthusiasm to get to know God and get to know him in his son, Jesus Christ. The second part of the gospel, of course, talks about that relationship between God, between Jesus and his father. And the fact that, you know, God is sometimes, you know, God the father is, I suppose, trying, us trying to understand it is is difficult, trying to in, get our head around what is you know, something that's almost beyond definition. But we we, we, we as Christians, what we say is the incarnation has helped us to understand who God is because Jesus is the image of the Father and we have we can know and we can experience and in relationship with him. So when we're reflecting it on this Sunday, I suppose to, I would be saying to people that, you know, that's something maybe to think about in terms of you're trying to get your head around it and that particular relationship that you have, have with God in your daily life. But then I think, John, for me, the last section, the last couple of pericops of the gospel from this week were the important ones. And it was, come to me, all you who labor and overburdened, and I will give you rest. Shoulder my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And for me, there's there's two parts to it. Obviously, there's the recognition there that to be Christian is not easy. To be called to be Christian is not easy. Um, And, you know, whatever world, whatever, wherever, whatever your station in life is, wherever you are, often it can be a difficult challenge. And it's something that, you know, that Katie picked up on in her, in the second part of the programme. But also there's that whole thing of there is support, there is succor there for people who are feeling the pressure. And in particularly at this time, where we're after going through 11 or 12 weeks of immense stress as a community and as people and as family, and suffering and woe, like that that line should speak to us all this Sunday. You know, come to me, all you who labor and are overburdened, and I will give you rest. I don't think anyone that could have watched the Primetime Investigates program on Monday or Tuesday night that went out about the response to COVID in St. James's Hospital in Dublin could not but be moved by the examples of those people that were there in terms of our medical professions and those working in the hospital context and the patients that were involved and looking at the burden that people like that have carried for us as a community and as a society over the last couple of months. But then the other side of that as well is we have people that are also starting to come back out of cocooning. We're starting to go back out into community and the whole challenge that's there for us as a people, as a society, as a community that people will feel stressed and burdened and how do we deal with all of the the communitarian trauma that we've had over the last couple of months and the last couple of weeks and the need for us all to be patient with each other to be aware of each other but also for those of us that feel abandoned that feel they can't reach out to others at this moment in time to know that they're not alone you know, you know That the gospel speaks to us this Sunday in terms of come to me, all you who labor and overburdened. That burden could be the stresses of life. It could be worries about finance. It could be worries about relationship. It could be the traumas of what we've gone through. It could be grief. It could be sorrow, whatever it is. That it is there for, you know, that it is there and that that relationship, that open arm is there to embrace us all, um, that we speak heart to heart with the divine. Like we're just after finishing the month of June, of course, and the month of the Sacred Heart and that whole outpouring of love and that reminder to us that that divine heart is there waiting to embrace us. We just have to be open to those moments of the divine that we encounter in our daily lives.
0: Shane, thank you very much, New, for that beautiful reflection. Katie, have you got a thought you'd like to share with us?
2: Sure. Yeah, just a short one. And it's picking up on that last line, as Shane did so beautifully. So the line is, yes, my yoke is easy and my burden light. And that just really made me think of how, you know, the world tries to tell us that Christianity is just a list of rules and it's burdensome. It's it's basically the exact opposite to that line. And they'll tell you the world is where you'll find this light burden and everything easy. But I think that's completely false because it's when... We turn to Jesus that we'll find that the yoke is truly, truly light. And yes, there are certain rules or, or things to do that we, we do follow, but that's only to reach a point of happiness, which Jesus gives to us. So just to remember uh, the truth in that.
0: Okay, thank you very much, for that. Uh, the line that spoke to me again, same thing. Uh, come to me, all you who are labour and are burdened and I'll give you rest. For some reason, when I sat with this gospel this week, the sacrament of reconciliation come back to me. It kept on coming back and back and back. And for many of us, I suppose, we've been burdened from time to time in our lives because of failing with our sins against God and against neighbour. And we've been blessed maybe to go to to, to, to confession to sacrament of reconciliation I and mean, made a good, honest confession. And we experience that beautiful peace and rest that comes and, and sometimes even joy when we come out. Oh, I feel great now after that. All that burden being lifted off me. And I was just thinking, you know, that in this time when we're coming back to the sacraments, however, whatever we've done and however long it's been, might be no bad idea maybe to pay a visit to that wonderful opportunity to bring God, to go back to that sacrament of reconciliation, make a peace with God and, and, and neighbour and come back and be unburdened and live out that joy that he promises us all. That's a little bit of thought that came to me this week anyway. Whichever way it is anyway, thank you indeed for joining us, uh, especially those of our listeners who, who, are, who are sick and lonely and struggling these days. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, don't forget, we, we do have mass broadcast live on Sunday mornings at 10am and of course this programme will begin as normal, 11pm Sunday night. So our thanks go out today to Katie Ascoff for joining us and telling us all about Call to More. Thank you so much Katie. Thank you again, John. We might be able to t- touch base again sometime.
2: Never know. be brilliant, yeah, I'd love
0: that. Thanks a lot. In the meantime, Shane, thanks a lot for, for joining us. But before we go, actually, I know I asked you, Katie, uh, to pick a, third, a, a second piece of music, but we're right out of time because we were speaking so much and enjoy the programme so much, we don't have time to go back for a final <laughs> piece of music. Sorry about that. Uh, we'll try and do it all again next week with the help of God. But, and remember, uh, just as Katie suggested and Shane suggested, you know, if you got those burdens... The Lord is there. Ask him to give you a break. You can do something for him and he'll do something for you. In the meantime, God bless you all now. Bye.
3: Bye.